The following podcast contains adult language and themes and usually a lot of alcohol. Listener discretion is advised. Take a deep breath because now we're going there. Taboo topics are back on the table. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Matt. I'm LeJohn. And I'm Joe. And this is the Going There podcast. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about what happened during the election, the results, the divide that's getting deeper in America, and how social media is at the heart of it all. In the studio with us today is my good friend and colleague, the man with the sexiest voice in the room, Mr. Joe Cali. How's it going, Joe? It's good. Thanks for having me. Good to be part of this podcast. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? I, I am a, uh, previous to COVID, a full-time voice actor, a part-time gardener, and a fun-loving private bartender. And so much more than that. <laughs> and one of the things I found Please out Please don't comment on my weight. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just found out recently your previous career. Oh. Yeah. We had this thing in Northeast Ohio, for those of you not from around here, called The Miracle in Richfield, which was... The miracle in Richfield was I'm that the year the Cavaliers were going for it, but the, the facility was the the Coliseum in Richfield. And it was built a long time before I went there, but it was built in Richfield, which was ascertained to be this perfect zone between Cleveland, Akron, and Youngstown. And and back when they used to do things like the megalopolis and circles of, of population, in fact, it was. And what'd you do? I was the um, director of public relations. I mean, I don't know how you didn't pull that card out a long time ago for me. Because I earned really poor money <laughs> and worked tons of hours. <laughs> well, and they can't sue you for saying that because they're not around anymore. So you're good. <laughs> I, I want to share real quick. The reason I really wanted to have Joe on in one of our first podcasts is because Joe is one of the people, I think as well as the others in this room who inspired me to do a podcast. Not that he said do that, but he was one of those people who uh, was a mental health check for me on a weekly basis. In fact, when I went off Facebook for a while during COVID, he would touch base with me, I think every week, just to say, how you doing? Not because he was worried, because he's a good guy and he likes to have... No, I was worried. <laughs> he wanted to know if I needed a bartender, and the answer was, hell yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a little selfishness there. <laughs> no, if anything, joking aside, the opposite of selfish, probably one of the most objective people I've ever met who we can have these deep conversations with each other all the time. And, and I learned something from it. I mean, you challenge me. When I call you and I'm pissed about something, you give me the advice I would likely give to somebody else or better. That's huge, man. Yeah, you got to have that kind of person around. That's, that's, that's super important. And especially during times like those, like with COVID and whatnot. So, so uh, I got to yeah. give you credit on that. It's there, a staple. I don't, I don't know that that's the case, but I appreciate <laughs> your compliment. It's more of a, um, it's just more of a sharing of all of our experiences. Yeah, but you have to be willing to share your experience. Well, if we don't share experiences, why are we on Earth? So that's a good segue into today's podcast. <laughs> Let's do a quick mental health check. This week for me has been horrible, and I'm about to get into all the ins and outs. How are you guys doing? How's everyone doing? Joe, hit it. 
actually pretty good. <laughs> Sorry. Is that the bourbon talking? I know Misery Loves Company, but uh, no, not yet. Um, it's the ginger shots. Uh, no, I, honestly, finding out about the election results, it was uh, it, it wasn't even joy. It was just like relief. LeJohn, how about you, man? Man, you know what? Hey, again, I kind of got to take over from Joe here. I'm sorry, man, because I feel pretty good. I'm I'm tired because I've, I've been on um I've been on the road doing some uh, some work and everything. Just got back from Pittsburgh, New York, and Detroit. Staying safe though. Staying safe, super staying super safe. Uh, been testing my ass off and everything, sticking those things up my nostrils and stuff, and and crying every time it happened because God, it's it, oh, it's that, horrible. It's, it's it's such. Is a, it wrong that I enjoyed it? <laughs> yes. Listen, yes. as an avid nose picker, I'm <laughs> I'm fine with it. The erogenous zones on women. I guess men know even less yeah, than yeah. we thought we did. Wow. <laughs> How much longer do we ha- do I have to be here? <laughs> and Mr. and Mr. Callie. And, and I um have to go with the two of these fellas uh, fellas. The two of these no, folks. Please call me a fella. I would love more recognition. You know <laughs> I just don't think. Uh, yeah, it's been challenging. It's been different. It's not that hard. As much as you guys think I wanted you to be unhappy with me, I'm actually, I, I actually feel better knowing that you guys are in a better headspace. So maybe you can sprinkle some of that magic yeah, over this way. Yeah. So on this podcast, you've been listening to Demure for sure. Demure for sure is Zach Desorbo. He's really quite talented. Um, When I asked him for a blurb, though, he gave me this. (laughs) After my accident, the doctor told me I might never walk again, let alone record another hit album. Well, I looked that quack dead in the eyes and I said, hey, pal, I need your medical opinions about as much as I need those skin grafts. Now bind me up and latex me and wheel me into the studio. I need to finish my masterpiece. And that's exactly the vibe that you're going to get when you listen to Demure for sure. I like this man already. Demure for sure is on Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, and wherever music is played. This week's podcast segment of Snacks, Sips, and Sweets is from our local Pulp Juice and Smoothie Bar. Yeah, so uh, Joe and I both went to Kent, and they started there in in 05. um, And now they have over 40 locally owned locations throughout Ohio and uh, a couple outside of Ohio as well. So after a long night of partying in Kent back in the day, where would you go in the morning to cure your hangover? Oh, man. Obviously, I would go to Pulp. I would want to start the day off right after a night of many mistakes um, and get those immuno boosters, get that ginger shot. Listen, everyone can attest to this. I had a lot of ginger shots. (laughs) I feel good. I didn't know the original was in Kent. Thank you, Pulp. So they're awesome. Um, 
they they graciously provided us with a lot of different choices and smoothies today and four of them were actually their brand new premium blends so they had the strawberry basil which lejon can attest to the strawberry basil was fantastic i've been murdering it and i've been trying to slow down i wasn't quite like joe because joe punished oh i punished it (laughs) the other premium blends are the orange ginger elixir joe of course loves ginger uh there's also the smooth avocado which who doesn't love avocado? Love it. And there's the ultimate acai. Acai? Acai. Boy, did I like that smoothie. In a nutshell, Pulp is designed to offer a quick and healthy fast food alternative for people on the go. Uh, and they also have a really good, upbeat, modern, feel-good atmosphere. And they've been kind of uh, pandemic-proof because of that business model. So they have smoothies, fresh squeezed juices, blended bowls, wrapped salads, wheatgrass, ginger shots, which they have dairy-free and vegan options available. And every smoothie comes with a free enhancer. So a natural powder supplement, you know, like they have the hangover cure. It comes with a free enhancer? Yes. Wow. I I think a lot of times you can get like a second one if you like wink at the person at the cash register. I wink with two eyes. (laughs) (laughs) It's called a blank. Oh. Oh. The smoothies are made with 100% juice, 100% fruit, no added sugar. You know, they customize them. So check them out at pulpjuiceandsmoothie.com. And uh, all of them have their own Facebook and Instagram. And so you can follow certain locations like us. We we follow the Macedonia one. Pulp is a, is a great way to go. So thank you, Pulp. I'm going to start with a, a great movie and also a, a poker game that my buddies and I used to play called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. We got to start this episode with good. For those of us who voted for Biden, we won. And for those of you who didn't, it's not, maybe you'll look at it as a loss, and that's fine. I'm not going to change your mind there. But despite the legal issues and where you stand, if you were there watching the speech and the celebrations that were happening, I think any person who's being genuine would see that there was some good joy and celebration and hope, and it wasn't at the expense of someone else. Like you said, it wasn't just relief. There, I was, I was surprised by how emotional I was listening to the speech because I'm probably just as cynical as everybody else is in the political arena. Bad people who voted against Biden don't feel hopeful and they're pissed, and we get it because we felt the same way four years ago. The ugly Trump has claimed major fraud, and what I thought was a small minority of people who agree, Politico reported a few days ago that 70% of Republican voters believe it was true fraud. Regardless of who's right, we all are losing right now. People are not willing to take a joke right now. Everyone's defenses are up, and I think, to an extent, justifiably. It's getting scary out there. Um, Here's the thing I found on Fox News. Um, Minnesota Trump supporter accused of attacking elderly couple over Biden sign. I'm going to approach that from an even more objective standpoint. Politics has been hijacked by extremists. I I don't want to make this a right versus left argument. What I don't want to say is Trump supporters are bad. Yeah, I guess guess what we saw in the election is that the Republican ticket actually won seats in the House and the Senate. So people are okay with the policy, but Trump didn't get those votes. So... There are many people who agree with um, the current Republican policy, but don't agree with um, how he treated the presidency. And 
and I don't know why people aren't talking about that in like a bipartisan unifying force as well. There are people who also were, you know, lifelong conservatives that voted for Biden. Yeah. Yeah. But like when I would drive around places and everything and I would see locations where they were like it's like heavy, heavy Trump land and whatnot. And then you'll see sprinkles of Biden signs and whatnot. So I was saying to myself, there's not going to be many people, if anybody who is a true blue, that's going to say, you know what? This time, though, I'm thinking about that red side. But then when you have a whole bunch of people who have been always true red and have them saying, you know what? But this time, for whatever reasons, and there are plenty of them. I'm going to trickle over to that blue side. Shepard Smith is now on CNBC. I saw that, yeah. And so last night he brought in some guy, uh, a reporter from El Paso, one of the stations there, and they showed all of the counties along the Mexico-Texas border. And actually, there were people who went from blue to the red sign. In that area, it was about the gas and oil and, and drilling uh, industries, but there are people that are going in that direction, and and that's what makes us a democracy. That's okay, as long as they're not being attacked for it, and as long as we aren't attacking for it. And civility, and civility. But when, but when but, we all watched that first presidential debate, it was a lose lose for for everyone. You invited me to this for a reason, so I'm going to take over. We just never really saw or focused on issues of lack of civility. But I can tell you when I started to see it. Um, I became the president of a board in a, a neighborhood we lived in. And it was contentious. Really? I'm volunteering for this job. Are you kidding me? But I, it was educational because I learned that people aren't always on the same page, even in scenarios where you signed up for that and attitudes were unkind is the the nicest way i can put it and to a point you don't where, have to be, this isn't called the being nice podcast you can say whatever no, no, you no, want no no but it, and this it, is I the mean, not going there general, podcast. it really is it's just unkind it's not thoughtful it's me 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 and it was expressed as such i don't give a damn if you replace the concrete in front of that house, because I'm not going to be here in five years. Well, but what about your neighbors? Too bad. To the point where some of the management companies we worked with took their online newsletters and put a new banner across the top that says, you have elected to live in an association with other people. I mean, that's what we, that's where it all started. Does it, does it thrive under an individual like this? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, but but it doesn't have to stay that Our, way. The people who we elect, our leaders, should be held to a higher standard than we hold ourselves. And the, the leader of the free world, no less, should be held to the highest of standards. And when they see somebody name-calling people, talking down to people, you know, making fun of the handicap, whatever. With due respect, the four or five of us here may think that the leader of the free world should be held to that, should be accountable, should be kind, should be working with everybody else in the world. But the 70 million people who voted for him don't agree with us. I, I disagree with that. I think it is 
their reality that actions were justified and his leadership outweighed those things that we saw. I think there's a lot more people that don't give a damn about whether Maybe. you get along with yeah. with the people in Bulgaria or Pittsburgh or next door sure. than you know. I was listening to Mea Culpa. It's Michael Cohen's new podcast. And uh, Tim O'Brien was his guest. And he was speaking about how um, Trump is actually a reflection of our society and our politics. He is not... Um, an outlier. He's uh, somebody that many people identify with. He might he... not be out, but he is a liar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. But the lie is the truth to a liar. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yes. Yeah. The moon is just the sun at night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but our realities are, are what we believe them to be. I th- Maybe we talked about this before. I'm on the podcast. I don't know. Alcohol was involved, so I'm not 100% sure. But I don't think most people who do bad things see their actions as bad things. I think it's false associations where somebody says, I'm a good person, therefore my actions must also be good, regardless of who you are, where you stand, unless you truly see yourself as a bad person who does bad things for bad reasons. Who was it? Plato, one of the philosophers, had the whole thing about the shadows on the on the cave wall. That was your Plato. reality. Oh, really? I think so. Bonus points. I hope so. But that's the reality. And if that's what you know, somebody telling you, actually, there's there's a world outside that cave, your answer is bullshit. So it's not necessarily that, I mean, yes, there is truth and there's not truth, but there are individual experiences that you can make sense of. So my point is, if there are people who are listening to this right now and you- Wait a minute. If- <laughs> if anybody's out there, this is the golden record that we're sending out into space. It's just our podcast. Over Wait a minute, and over. I drove. I drove a half hour. What? <laughs> so, so those of you who didn't vote Biden, I, I hope you're still listening because I'm actually going to share my takeaways from some of the conversations I've had with people who may be like-minded, and so we can kind of talk through that because this is not an echo chamber. We are not, as you said, sequestering opinions and ideas. Real quick antidote. I was dating this girl one time who was a highly emotional person. And when emotions got involved, like the rest of us, you couldn't really think straight and rationalize. And I think all of us experienced somewhere on that spectrum. She was having an argument with a friend and the friend was in the wrong. However, she kept saying she needs to call me and apologize. And I said, I realize that. But if you're waiting for that to happen, It's never going to happen. So my question is, what is your end goal here? Is it to get her to apologize or is it to mend the relationship? If mending the relationship is more important than getting her to apologize, you're going to have to reach out and start this conversation. She does not see it the same way you do. If your goal is to get justice, then write her off until she comes back. And she took that as you're taking her aside. And I'm like, no, I'm really not. I'm trying to trying to tell you from a rational standpoint, you're waiting for something that will never happen. And it was a game of emotional chicken, you know, waiting for the other person to flinch first. And you spoke about philosophers. There's an ancient Eastern philosopher named Rumi and Rumi. See the guy who wrote Kama Sutra. I don't know, is he? I don't think so. <laughs> but, but, but all of you can look this up on your, on your pets. Rumi said, the wound 
is where the light enters. Yep. If you let that sink, it's pretty easy. It makes sense, and and it really is fairly relieving, fairly pre-springing. It it is because it doesn't just define a let's say husband and wife or a, a two friends or you and your father. It's every relationship, even from a societal standpoint. That that wound is where the light entered. I don't need their apology. I, I don't have to dislike them for that. It's my, as you have said, it's not their action. It's my reaction. It's our reaction. And, and you know what? I fail at that every single day. All of us do. We're human beings. But um, knowing that has a little bit of, of power. Everyone, especially in the world right now where we're at, has, has felt that hurt or that trauma or that pain. And whether it's self-inflicted or inflicted by somebody else or it's been projected onto somebody else, it's still there. I think it's a form of powerlessness too, right? Yeah. When somebody does that to you. Or or just happens to yeah, you. Yeah, or the person that you wanted to be president isn't president and you feel like your rights are going to be taken away. Let's take the presidents out of yeah. it for a second. COVID. Everybody is experiencing COVID in different ways, but almost none of it's great. You know, I mean, across the board. It's and, and may I add at that just right there, everybody, as you just said, we, we have kind of overemphasized this is uh, um, really hurting America. No, it isn't. It's the whole world. Yep. There isn't anybody on this planet not affected by this. Dogs. I don't think dogs That's are. That's not a person. How dare you? Well, I know. <laughs> you son of a For bitch. all our dog listeners would out you, there, I am so Mike, sorry. would you edit this? There isn't any human on this book. <laughs> so knowing what we were going to talk about this week, and just because, again, I'm not trying to play the emotional game of chicken with people. I went online, I told people there's people celebrating and there's people hurting. Those of you who are hurting, we get it. That's how we felt four years ago. Tell me what your fears are and let's talk through them. Now, I would say this one was met with still some cynicism and some snarkiness and some throwing it in, in my face, but there were some people who at least put it out there to what their truths were. They, they were willing to have a conversation. My whole thing was, Look, if you're going to go on the conspiracy theory rant, I really can't help you. But if you're starting from a standpoint of, oh, we're going to become communists or socialists, like, let's talk about that a little bit because I, for all of our sakes, that's not the truth. And we need to talk about why. And I can show you some evidence. Then one of the main themes I notice, and of course we see it on both sides, is the divide scares me, the division, the anger, the hate. Because what I learned is they're getting it too. We don't represent all of the people who think like us. And by the way, I mean, there is no us, right? I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not a Democrat. I vote with my heart and for better or worse. You know, these people have been called Satan. These people have been called like hypocrites with their, with their religious beliefs. And to put everybody paint with that broad brush is wrong. And I don't care who you are. Yes, we have to come to terms with people elected a person who we see as evil, but we cannot begin to understand why, like LeJohn posed, until we talk to them about it. Now, when I reached out with the second post, and Joe, Joe, the poor, the poor bastard, the masochist, went through and read all these, I said, hey, you know what, everybody? Here's, here's the one theme that I got from everyone this week. Unity. We need unity. How, what will you personally do? 
you would have thought that I said, um, you know, who wants me to go punch their mother in the face? Because people came at me and the nails were out. There were a few people who were genuine. Most people met that with such hostility. I was, I, it, it, it knocked the wind out of me. Joe, I mean, what was your take on it? It's such a pure word, innocently trying to reach out. I think that's what you were doing. The next time you do something like that. I won't. You will. <laughs> yeah. No, you will. Because you know what? That's in your soul. But not on social media. But if you do, one of the things we need to do, it's not, it's not, maybe you folks will agree. It's not taking from us to not always do a comparison with them. I made two notes. Over the course of time, I've learned to drop that because I felt that way four years ago, because that puts me in a different realm, not in how they're feeling now. I can still say that and say, how are you feeling right now? What is upsetting you? Um, oh, you think it's socialism, communism coming? And, and you continued to say, well, that's not the truth. I would pull that out of my vocabulary and just let them talk. And do I think you came across as um, trying to be pointed or... Um, biased. Biased? Slant. No, I didn't see that. Part of my judgment is going to be based on how I feel, which is similar to how you feel. And and so I, I think, good grief, lady. Do you need to bite him a new ass? Um, but as I said, the the one thing she said, and I don't know if all of us think this way, but it's something I've learned. We just see, we just have different views of the world. She said that, and I have to agree. And I am never, ever going to change your view of the world. So I should not try because every attempt I make, sincere, kind, nice, is still going to be looked at as trying to change my opinion, my view of the world. How dare you? Is the end game changing the view or at least getting you to listen and understand it? Yeah, and if and saying and saying, you know, as uh someone who's gotten in many text fights, saying, um, this is how we felt four years ago does sound a little incendiary. The, the word you said, incendiary, I I guess there are times that you think can I talk to that person or those people and hold my tongue and not get them incendiary without losing what I'm trying to say? Because you know they're going to come back and say, well, four years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Anybody so, else so Anybody that, else tired of that? Yes. That childish yes. shit? Yes. The, the mudslinging, the, the anger, the, the hatred – if we can't agree on the one thing, which is let's just coexist despite all of these things, I don't know that there is a way to breach the gap. But what I'll say is what I learned in hindsight is you don't do it on social media. It's just you're not going to get anywhere. You don't do it on social media. And personally, I do find it hard to bridge the gap when I think of, you know, the hate that I have seen and then the people who support it or turn a blind eye. I do have I do have an issue um, coming to terms with that. I think the real way to bridge the gap is probably going to be policy changes that aren't going to be you and me and 
when we like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, when we have all of our needs met, we're not going to need to argue and fight with people. And and of course, obviously, this is all um, amplified by isolation, separation because of COVID. I do think there is a way to bridge perhaps not every individual in the gap, but to build a bridge. And it um, really is uh, very simple and it it supersedes all worries about elections, jobs, union, non-union. And that is just to, as an individual, be kind. Just be kind. Yeah, and it's easier to be kind when you are operating from a value set of, I have enough. You know, I'm going to be okay. I'm safe. I am loved. Whatever woo-woo thing that you want to tell yourself to make you feel good. But if you're hurting, it's it makes sense why there's so much anger right now in the world. It does, but it's our job to, whether we can feel it or not. Um, Matt and I talked about, um, I have a neighbor across the street. She has, she's in her late 70s. She has 400 of, of our opponent's signs. And I came home <laughs> well, after the 399th and the 400th went up. I was just pissed. How big of a yard and, does she and, have? Uh, uh, about twice the size Post of this stamp. room, wow. which makes it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> and I just realized, I mean, you almost have to talk to your spirit and say, I I have to do something within me to not let this affect my saying good morning to give her dog a treat. To yeah, you quote can't the vilify. Woman, no, and to quote the woman, I don't even know who what, what her name is, but we just have different views of the world. My view, I, I mean, I'm just one of the human beings on this planet, whether you're in Albania or below... <laughs> Below the crust of the earth, I'm one of the humans with you. I'm just living life with you. In the you. sauce, man. And, yeah. and, and, and is, is there anything wrong with taking how you feel, what you what you view, and what you feel is important and everything, and me 1,000% disagreeing with it, but yet still saying, oh, okay. Now, And this is a terrible example. I use it all the time, and you're going to hear this a lot. I'm a huge Cleveland Browns fan, Okay. And somebody can say, even though he's wearing a Steelers shirt, no. <laughs> don't you believe it? He's not allowed, not in this office. Damn it! He, he just came back from Pittsburgh. He told us, That's right? He was a Cleveland Browns fan, and anybody who was a fan of another team can say, why they they're terrible? They suck for so many years. I'm 37 years old. I've never seen a winner. I mean, the, the burning days, and that's pretty much it. Yet I can sit here and say I'm a huge Cleveland Browns fan because when I wake up in the morning, if I go to work, if I if I send my kids to school, my education, whatever I do, I do it here in Cleveland. And that team represents this city. That's what I got. Yeah, I know they suck. I know they're not good. But damn it, we can suck and not be good together. I want to keep in mind, too. I want this podcast to be something that we can listen to, not just in 2020 and 2021, but far beyond. And, and this show you know, when you look back at past races and, and past political things, there are some similarities. It's it's not like we've evolved that far. Every time we move a little bit this way, we overcorrect and move back this way. I think a lot of the people who act the way that they do online doesn't necessarily represent the way they act in person. I think a lot of these people would be far kinder to you in person. Now, there are these conservative apps that are starting up. And I'm not going to sit there and bash the apps. I mean, if you want to go on a conservative app, that's fine. But it's now we're seeing, and maybe not in huge, huge numbers, I don't know yet, but it's definitely in the millions, a mass exodus to apps like Parler and MeWe 
Um, I mean, so somebody who reads the news might say, okay, well, these are problematic because, uh, you know, you have people sharing conspiracy theories and making anti-Semitic remarks and, and saying bigoted things. And I'm, and I just think, yeah, that sounds like social media. Um, people join it so that they can talk to each other and agree on everything, which I know we all have that sense that we need to be accepted and validated. And trust me, after after these posts on Facebook not long ago, I just I would have taken a phone call from anybody who just told me, Matthew, we like you. But Matthew, Gosh darn it, Matthew, you're smart. you know what? Just let me let me give you an analogy. So you're saying that these people are going to a, a forum where people share the same ideas. Where nobody is there to challenge your view. Neither were That's, the Italian clubs in the 1920s. Neither were the the, the Roman Catholic Church. And neither what, is the Democratic Party down the street. Right, and as That's we know about not, the Roman Catholic Church, nothing's wrong with them. Where did we get the right to determine how social media should be? The, these are private companies. Well, that's the thing is that we actually have no control over what they do. So nor they're creating we, something. should we? Well, listen, we're blaming these people for joining these groups. I'm not. But OK, so we're saying that we're not, quote unquote, and we're not. But we're dancing around that subject. But no. the thing is, here's the thing. We I, have shouldn't. The opposite, I have the opposite point of well, view. Well, good, because we shouldn't blame them. We I should don't. blame the tech companies. We should blame the people who are creating these things because it will make money. I actually think that that's Discord the one thing we all agree money. on. Every single person in this room is on it. Well, you definitely we have to hold have them accountable. No, I'm not on be. it actually now. So None of them? Uh-uh. You're on no social media? No, I've I had a mental breakdown. So. Uh, uh, every, <laughs> that's awesome. Every single yeah. one? Yeah, I'm not on it. See, I mean, you know what? I got My that wife in, but... has never been on social media. She thinks it's the devil incarnate. And I'm not even on like a sucking it up. I think, you know what? What kind of time do I spend every day? They're selling you on dopamine Twitter hits. At, Absolutely. Well, that's that's the thing is like they're. By the way, LinkedIn doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) Who am I to tell Facebook how they should be? I I don't think it's that. Or they're not fair. Or they're not giving me both sides of the story. What the hell am I looking at? Listen, I definitely think that if there are big companies who have monopolies over information and how you retrieve it is an issue. It's your fault if that's how you're retrieving your information. Well, this is true. So, shame on this you. Is so true. you. But now you just talked about not being judgmental towards other well, people. Well, no, but but, so. but the fact is there are options. Do you think of the major uh sources of media as non-influential to those 70 million? Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> so there's so, a lot of digital companies that are doing digital news that do have those clickbait sure, incentives. Sure. And those are things that are so often shared on social. Well, what I'm seeing though about the about social media is shame on anybody who's just making their opinion based on that. So, but you're saying don't shame on big tech and don't shame on the no, people who I'm know what's that. going on. No. But shame Why on. Why would they only know to go to Facebook for news? So if you're going to go to Facebook, if you're going to go to Parler, all of these com- all of these places and you get this misinformation or this propaganda and then you start spewing it, just are they bad for being misinformed or are they just hateful? Well, I don't know if they're hateful. That's a good point. Well, Joe. you know, because if but you're what spewing I think stuff is, like Barack Obama's a Muslim right. and Pizzagate happened yes. and, you and know, they ate children in Washington at the right. Pizza. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is if you only go to one source for your information... That's shameful. Okay. Agreed. And that is a liberal elitist idea. (laughs) Is it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Because 
I mean, when, listen. When we're surrounded by so many sources, free? That's yeah, liberal I mean, and elitist? Well, do I sound like a dick when I'm saying, listen, I go to BBC, I go to Al Jazeera, yeah. and I go to NPR, and that's what you should do, yet I sounded like a big asshole. I'm not no talking about that. Me. I'm talking about you can go to the, the local newspaper in your backyard. You can go to CBS in Cleveland. I'm not talking about your elitist stuff. I'm talking about this. And you know what? We are surrounded by so many free sources of information. We put the blinders on and yeah, decide yeah, yeah. where to select that. Yes. Yeah, and I and you mentioned something about local newspapers and I do think that we need to keep local newspapers alive because yeah. when you have one I'm an big alumnus. company <laughs> making the news for everyone, it is an issue. Which which you're right, we are. So, and we do. And that's and that's the issue. Yes. I think we need to spend probably five podcasters talking about social media, but <laughs> for now here's what I'm going to say. Here's what worries me. I'm not just worried that People are going to go to a, uh, you know, a website that leans completely conservative with the other people's views, and it's going to be an echo chamber, and then they're all only going to believe what they want to believe. I'm also worried for my sake. The world is boring if everybody thinks just like me. I don't want to exist on that platform either. But we have to challenge each other. As much as some of these people made me want to drive to their house and put a brick through their front window. I appreciate when people challenge my ideas. You don't grow unless you're challenged. You're talking about the light coming in through the wound. If someone's not there to make the wound, I'm not saying give them credit for it, but I'm saying... Cut me. (laughs) (laughs) Who would we be if we didn't have the adversity that we all have to face through our lives. We we wouldn't be, I don't think, a fraction of who we are. We would not be the college admissions essay that we strive to be. Ooh, mine was terrible, so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember doing one. Uh, Yeah, I don't think I got. (laughs) Can we talk about where it probably didn't start? Yes. In the home. Were you challenged at home? Right. Was everything painted? Or did you challenge the people at home? Ah, even better. Did you challenge the people at home? Did you look at mom and dad and say, you know what? I think that's bullshit, and here's why. You know what I mean? Which is nothing wrong with that. Are you allowed? That fantastic because I, I let my kids know every single day you are allowed to disagree. However, with you, you're from an era that their eyes and nose wouldn't be on the wall for challenging them. <laughs> and my yeah. mom says, I, not I'm true. 100% right 98% of the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> terrific. I firmly believe that it is important that everything for that matter starts at home. But in this location, are we allowed to? disagree to think otherwise to say you know what i don't think this should be that way i don't think that's right and not because, be criticized and not for be it. criticized for it well mm-hmm. and even if you're criticized yeah i mean you could look at this criticism or you could or, or you, you can could, look at it as a, if you're you can be challenged yes but not criticized as you were online or so, at least be respected i so still yeah I'll go you respectfully disagree that. we Very talked well. about it we talked about this in in previous podcasts i would question things that were taught to me from let's say catholicism you know, you can go murder somebody, but then the priest will tell you to do some Hail Marys and some rosaries. And that's how I looked at it as a kid. I'm not, I'm oversimplifying it. Joe, I know you're a staunch uh, Catholic. I'm not staunch. I'm just joking. But I <laughs> He's know, in a Pope outfit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Halloween. It's just a few Kiss weeks. Kiss my like, ring, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, religion especially, you're not supposed to question those things. When you do, as a kid, it's ooh, not as bad. Ooh. But as an adult. It's like you're losing the faith. Well, and you're expanding your mind. Well, yeah, and then so you have to peel back the layers of this onion and you have to say, is this actually about 
our issues with our differences in religion or is this about our issues with our differences in power and resources? And it always comes and culture and it always comes down. To, although I think that using culture and religion is a way that people who are making the decisions use to get the masses to agree with them, because you can't you can't you have to get everybody to agree with you before you start making these big moves. So so, so we I mean, and, and this is a whole other podcast. We'll bring Joe Kelly back for religion. <laughs> part, oh, I don't know. About part that. two. It just takes the willingness to see it that way. And as LeJohn said a minute ago, uh, the willingness to question and challenge those things. It just it feels better, doesn't it? It does. It yeah, does. Not the first time. It's like working out. Like nobody uh, yeah, wants you know to what? do That's it, a good but point. afterwards you feel That's great. A good but I would much rather find out what we have in common more than what we don't. Thank you so much for everyone being here today for having this conversation to challenging each other, being open to be challenged. And- I guess most importantly for making me happy because at the end of the day, that's all I care about. You guys, you guys did raise my mood. That's all that matters. I want to end on a good note. So good news this week. A 51-year-old woman this week acted as a gestational carrier, like a surrogate, for her daughter and gave birth to her own granddaughter. How awesome is that? Whoa. Wow. We have a more diverse Congress and we have people in different seats throughout the states that are more diverse and, and more inclusive and represent more people. We had a 21-year-old man who was the first person with Down syndrome to complete the Ironman triathlon. How awesome is that? Yeah, wow. That wow. is awesome. And then uh, I, I understand if you are so diametrically opposed to us uh, that you look at Kamala Harris and see her as just Satan. But I will tell you, sitting there and watching it with my wife and, and our other friend who is also a female, I can't imagine any little girl sitting at home listening to that speech and not being inspired regardless. Absolutely. Regardless of political slant or, or, or bias. Here, here. Because the glass ceiling was finally shattered. It only took us a hundred years from literally from 1920 when women earned the right to vote to finally putting a woman in some form or fashion in the White House. Fantastic. I, I was inspired as a human. Yeah. Yes. A hundred years later. We move slow, but we do move. Yeah. And you and you got to um, have some kind of move it somewhere to create movement much later down the line. And that could be in the week or that could be in 100 years. You got to start somewhere. Dave Chappelle went on uh, SNL and uh, he talked about the kindness conspiracy project. And, and basically, I'll just share it. There is no time that's better, but I don't care if you listen to this 20 years or 100 years down the road, it won't change. Do not wait for things to get better. Do not play that game of emotional chicken with people. Be the first to flinch. I swear to God, it will help you even more than it helps the other person. Do something kind for someone, and especially, especially when they don't deserve it. Mr. Joe Callie, thank you so much for thank being here. Thank you for here. having me. Nice to meet all of you. Yes, thank Absolute you. Absolute pleasure, sir. Thank you. Love the insights. Seriously, good stuff. Thank you. Thank you Thank you for the musician this week. Demure, for sure. For sure. And thank you again to our Snack Sips and Sweets segment of Pulp Juice and Smoothie Bar. Visit them again at www.pulpjuiceandsmoothie.com. And get the strawberry basil, because LeJohn Wood said so. 
We just went there. Now you can go to Instagram at the Going There Podcast, Facebook at Going There Podcast, or email us at goingtherepodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is made possible by its hosts and Frame One Media in association with Lindsay Baker, Tyler Kubisti, Michael Madgar, Joe Callie, and Bobby Thomas.